We have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Are you a broken vessel, weighted down with discouragement, illness, or perhaps a disability? Well, take heart. Whatever your burden may be, God offers treasures that will transform your life. Hello, dear listeners. You're listening to Broken Vessels, Hidden Treasures. And here are your hosts, Paul and Tabitha Norris. Hello, hello, hello. We're back in the studio, coming to you from our new home in the majestic mountains of North Idaho. What an adventure this move from Arizona to Idaho has been for us. You may be wondering what led us to the Gem State, and we could give you a lot of reasons, but near the top of that list would be family. For several years now, we've lived on opposite ends of the country from my family. It's been our hope and prayer that the Lord would eventually bring us back in close proximity to each other. With my parents retiring from ministry later this year and plans underway for them to move to Idaho along with my sister and her family, you can probably imagine our excitement as our long-awaited dream is beginning to come together. A lot of us are under pressure right now as the cost of living continues to rise. I'm learning more and more each day that regardless how challenging a situation may be for us, God sees us and knows what he's doing. His care for Tabitha and me has been evident through our time of settling into a new state. To begin with, years ago, Tabitha's granddad and her parents built a beautiful cabin out in a rural area here in Idaho. It was initially built simply as a hunting cabin and a comfortable, serene place to get away for short periods of time. Who would have guessed that years later in the fall of 2021, that cabin would become such a blessing to us, providing a roof over our heads while we search the, for affordable housing. My in-laws have often described this property as a piece of paradise, and I'd have to agree. Now fast forward three and a half months later, winter has arrived, along with an abundance of snow. Yes, even though we've come from the land of the sun, we're loving it. However, snow doesn't come without its challenges. You got to shovel it. <laughs> you got to plow it. You got to drive through it. Which our driveway, which is a long and windy road that goes up a steep hill, has gradually become iced over and completely impassable. Mm. One evening returning from town, our car slid off the driveway and got badly stuck in a rut. My muscular dystrophy has stripped me of the ability to stand or walk. So Paul was completely on his own to try to save us. And try as he might, Paul couldn't dig the car out. So we hiked to the top of the hill to get cell phone reception and call for help. Our incredible neighbors dropped everything and rushed to our aid. Without a word of complaint and hearts full of compassion for our predicament, they worked to pull us out of the ditch. And after that traumatic event, our neighbors and church family went above and beyond for us, some voluntarily showing up after snowstorms to help us with the plowing, and others calling in regularly just to make sure we were safe and well. We've been deeply humbled and grateful beyond words for the watch, care, and love showered on us. I'm glad to say that plans are in place to have that driveway leveled and covered with gravel in this spring. Until then, for the sake of safety, Tabitha and I needed to relocate. 
Again, with housing options being so limited right now, the idea of packing up and finding a temporary location seemed overwhelming. We brought this matter to our Heavenly Father. And aren't you glad that the Lord never closes his eyes? Even the most attentive friends and neighbors have to rest at some point. But our God never closes his eyes. He sees our needs. And our God quickly provided in better ways than we could have imagined. For the remainder of the winter, we're renting an apartment in town. We've still got a roof over our heads, a grant that gives us a bit of relief on the rent, and now quick and easy access to the main roads. We praise the Lord for all his blessings. The Bible gives us several names that give us marvelous insight into God's character and power. In thinking about the ways we've recently witnessed God meet our needs, his attribute of seeing came to mind. Many of us are familiar with the story of Abram, the renowned patriarch of the Jewish people, and how God promised him and his wife Sarai that his descendants would outnumber the stars. It isn't difficult to imagine why Sarai initially responded to his promise with a doubtful laugh. After all, she and her husband were well into their 80s. Well, today, I'd like to invite you to grab your pair of sandals, grab your canteen of water, and hike along with us to meet a lesser-known yet very significant member of Abram's family, Hagar. As we open Genesis chapter 16, it's been 10 years since Abram received the promise of a son, yet Sarai still hadn't conceived. Culturally, this is a big deal. Sarai has been so wrapped in doubts and her own agenda, she convinces her husband to wed her Egyptian servant Hagar, thus allowing Hagar to become their surrogate mother. Polygamy was common practice, and according to Near Eastern tradition, Hagar's offspring would be counted as Sarai's. Abram should have known that God's promise was not dependent on human strength, but he makes a tragic and hasty decision to take matters into his own hands. Once Hagar realizes she is pregnant, she becomes antagonistic toward her mistress. Keenly sensing that contempt, Sarai gains Abram's approval to lash back. Hagar's life is now irreversibly altered. Unable to endure the cruelty and abuse, Hagar flees to the desert. There, near an unnamed spring beside a desert road that led back to her native land of Egypt, an angel of the Lord approaches the pregnant runaway slave. I love the fact that God came to Hagar. It isn't difficult to feel compassion for Hagar. True, she was not perfectly respectful and submissive, but consider she's been exiled from her homeland in Egypt. She's an alien not a Hebrew, so she has no status. As a slave, she has no privileges. At the moment of her most dire misery, though, God seeks her. He favors her with his appearance and converses directly with her, this woman who has no social or economic clout. Yes, the Lord knows every detail of her circumstances, and he meets her where she's at. He calls her by name and gives her a special promise that parallels his blessing to Abram. Hagar's son's descendants would become too numerous to count. He personally chooses a name for her unborn son, Ishmael, meaning God hears. Ishmael would be a wild donkey of a man. 
His hand would be against everyone and everyone's hand against him. And he will live in hostility toward all his brothers. Let's pause and think about that for a second. Would you be happy if you heard your first child would be a wild donkey of a man? (laughs) Clearly, we're losing something in the English translation. The phrase wild donkey of a man is a metaphor designed to be positive. Remember, God cares deeply for Hagar. He offers something very special to her, something that would counter her slavery. Ishmael will not be held by slavery. Donkeys were valued animals. Like the wild independent donkeys that roamed the deserts of her ancient world, Ishmael would be free. Considering the laws of the day supported biological sons over surrogate sons, it shouldn't be a surprise that Ishmael will find himself at odds with his half-brothers. Though his life will not be easy, God will bless him. While Hagar has just run from her conflict, Ishmael will have a powerful hand. He will prevail in times of trouble. In the midst of her profound crisis, Hagar is given hope and a new perspective of her circumstances. In fact, these promises are so wonderful, they're beside that spring in the desert She does something no one else in all scripture has done. She gives God a new name, proclaiming, You are the God who sees me. Her son's name reminds her God hears, and her wilderness experience gives her the insight she is not forsaken. God sees. With that precious encouragement, Hagar returns to Abram and Sarai. This family story is one readers would expect to end horribly. Yet, surprise, surprise, God's plans were not thwarted by Ishmael's birth or the conflicts within a polygamous household. The book of Genesis records that the Lord mercifully continued to accomplish his perfect plan. Estimating from ages given between Genesis 16 and 21, we assume Hagar lived in an undesirable situation for about 17 years before departing from her masters once and for all. Now in Genesis 21, The God who hears, hears the cry of Ishmael dying of thirst in the wilderness. And the God who sees opens Hagar's eyes to see a life-giving well. God reassures her of his promise. Both sons go on to beget twelve leaders and become great nations. Abram's descendants through Ishmael and Isaac exist even today. In an article written by Grace Evangelical Society, Marsha Hornick points out, Every wilderness experience we face is an opportunity to see our Lord in a new way and learn more of his marvelous character. What comfort that the God who sees is not blind to your plight. Your wilderness, however difficult it may be, has not taken him by surprise. The God who sees is the one who counts all your tears and knows the number of the hairs on your head. He's always listening, always watching, always near. Rejoice, precious believer, because the God who saw Hagar sees you too. Thanks for tuning in today to Broken Vessels, Hidden Treasures. It is our hope and prayer that you will find the grace and goodness of God even in trials. We'd love to hear from you, and your feedback is important to us. You can reach out to Paul and Tabitha with comments, questions, or to share an episode with a friend in need through our website at bvht.
www.ministries.org.